Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 26. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Tonight we conclude... Jesus in the tabernacle. Now, if you've been with us in our study in the book of Exodus, give me your attention. If you've been with us in our study in the book of Exodus, Israel, you know, has been on the move. They've come out of Egypt. God brought them into the wilderness and they were not in one place for any length of time as God sent them a divine guidance system. Remember, we talked about God's GPS was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And the people were to move as the pillar of fire would move. The people were to pack it up and move. And when the pillar of fire or the cloud would stop, the people would stop. So if the cloud stopped for one day, the people would stop for one day. Are you listening? And if the fire stopped for one year, the people would stop for one year. They were to follow this GPS, God's GPS system in following him as God led them through the wilderness. And then after several months, if you were with us, they came to the wilderness of Sinai. And it was there at Sinai that God called Moses up into the mountain. Don't you remember? And Moses leaves Joshua and Aaron and her and Nadab and Abihu at the foot of the mountain. And the mountain is quaking. And there's smoke that comes down and and, and fire on the mountain. And God said, Mo, come on up. I would have said, God, the mountain's on fire. Are you sure about that? Can we talk about it? God says, Moses, come on up into the presence of God. And while in the presence of God, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And God also gave Moses some very specific instructions on how to build his house. Now, if you've been with us, you know we've been doing this series of Jesus in the Tabernacle. And it is important to understand this whole teaching of Jesus in the Tabernacle, because I think it, it illuminates our understanding of the New Testament as a whole. It gives you a different insight into the New Testament as a whole. So we've been looking at the pictures and the types and the parallels of Jesus in the Tabernacle. And so far, if you've been with us, you know that Jesus is in the Ark of the Covenant. We've seen Jesus in the mercy seat, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. Remember the cherubim on top of this solid gold piece, this lid And the cherubim are wings facing each other. It's pretty beautiful. And then we've seen Jesus in the table of showbread. We've seen Jesus in the golden lampstand. We've seen Jesus last week, if you were with us, Jesus in the tent. As there were three coverings on the tent. Remember, we talked about all of them speak of Jesus. Tonight, we come to the final uh, aspect of the temple. I don't know that I'd say it's the most important 
because I think all of the pieces are important, but certainly this is a biggie. Talking about Jesus, we're going to see Jesus and the veil of the temple. Y'all excited? Say amen. amen. Exodus chapter 26, pick up in verse 31. Saints, now if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. You shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, scarlet thread, and fine linen. And that'd be white. And it shall be woven with artistic design, underline that, artistic design of cherubim. That's angels, that's two angels, by the way. The I am in Hebrew speaks of plurality, cherub singular, singular, cherubim plural, speaks of two. You shall hang it in verse 32 upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver and you shall hang the veil from the clasp. And then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between what saints, the holy place and the most holy place or the holy of holies. And you shall put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the holy place or in the most holy place, the holy of holies. And you shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand across from the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. And you shall put the table on the north side. Look how specific God is. And you shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle. And what colors is a screen to be? Blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, that would be white, made by a weaver. And you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia wood. Five, by the way, speaks of grace. Five is the number of grace. Five pillars of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Their hooks shall be gold and you shall cast five sockets of brown bronze for them. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. The Old Testament tabernacle, if you've been with us, consisted of three main areas. If you're taking notes, there was the outer courtyard where you would find the altar and the bronze laver. Within the courtyard was the tabernacle. Remember, we talked about it. The tabernacle was divided into two compartments and it was divided by a veil. The first compartment was the holy place. It's in the holy place that you would see the table of showbread, the golden lampstand and the altar of incense. Behind the altar of incense was the veil of the temple behind the veil was the Holy of Holies where you would find the Ark of the Covenant and hovering over the Ark of the Covenant was the Shekinah glory of God, the Kabod, the weight of his glory behind the veil in the most holy place or the Holy of Holies. Now the tabernacle, if you've been with us, you already know this. The tabernacle was 45 feet long and again, divided into two sections. You've got that holy place, which was 30 feet long, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet high. The most holy place was 15 feet long, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet long. In other words, it was a square. Now listen, 
Revelation chapter 21 tells us the new Jerusalem. Were you here for our teaching in Revelation? I'm just kind of curious. That was years ago now. For our teaching in Revelation, how many people were here? Okay, good. Look at all the new people like in the last two and a half years. That's not even half the audience. Unbelievable. But in our teaching in Revelation, we talked about this, that the new Jerusalem was 15, get this, 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles, and it was 1,500 miles high. That's a big city. That would be like, listen, in distance, that would be like from Raleigh to Denver to New York to Houston back to Raleigh. That's the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem has 12 levels, 12 gates, beautiful stones, streets of gold. The walls in the new Jerusalem saints, this is where we're going. Y'all hear me? The walls are made of diamonds. The streets are made of gold. There will be no jackhammers in heaven. We ain't having that. <laughs> it's amazing. And even with all of this amazing beauty, listen to me, that is not what makes heaven heaven. I've told you this before. Look, the streets of gold and the diamonds and the stones and how big the city is. All of these things don't make heaven heaven. What makes heaven heaven is the fact that Jesus is in heaven. Look, anywhere Jesus is, there's heaven. I don't care if Jesus was in a super Walmart, that would be heaven. Isn't that right? If Jesus was in a super Walmart, it'd be heaven. Because Jesus, his presence is what makes heaven heaven. That's why you can get a piece of heaven when you come to church. Because we all get here and we start focusing on Jesus. It's amazing kind of when you get back out in the world, it's like, <laughs> this ain't heaven. Where I work, it's not heaven. Where I go to school, it's not heaven. My neighborhood, that ain't heaven. Maybe some of y'all think your neighborhood's heaven. I don't care how nice it is, it's not heaven. Somebody say amen. That's not heaven. But when you come to church, isn't it interesting how you can get a piece of heaven? I think I get a piece of heaven every time I come to church. Every time I come to church, right now I'm looking at every nation, tongue, tribe, and people. From where I stand, I'm looking at heaven. Uh, husbands and wives, I know you sit next to each other, but y'all sit next to a piece of heaven in this place. <laughs> it's a piece of heaven. What makes heaven heaven is the fact that Jesus is there. And in the new Jerusalem, get this, here's my point. In the new Jerusalem, it is like, if you will, a picture of the holy of holies. The new Jerusalem is. Because the presence of God is there. The Shekinah glory of God dwells in the new Jerusalem. Just like the Shekinah glory of God dwells in the most holy place. The holy of holies. Now listen, if you were not a Jew, listen. If you were not a Jew, you were not permitted inside the fence or the courtyard. And even if you were a Jew, you were only permitted to go as far as the altar. But the priest, listen, was able to go past the altar into the tabernacle. But listen, even the priest wasn't allowed to go behind the veil. 
The priest would minister every day in the tabernacle and he had duties. He had things to do. He had to keep the lamp, you know, the golden lampstand. He had to keep that clean and free from soot so that the fire would continue to burn. He had to keep the altar going with the altar of incense. He had to change the, 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 the bread on the table of showbread. He had many, many things to do. And right there behind the veil of the temple was the presence and the Shekinah glory of God. And I got to believe that there was a temptation for the priest. Now, remember, we are talking about the priest. There had to be a temptation for him to look behind that veil just to see what was back there. Y'all know how we are. <laughs> you put up a sign that says, don't walk on the grass. What do you do? Walk on the grass. <laughs> you put up a sign that says, don't touch the wet paint. What do you do? Thank you, youth. <laughs> you know, even if you just do one finger, I've done it. I confess, man. I confess. I've done it. it says, don't touch the weight. Pay. I got to go. You got to do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's sinful human flesh. You got to do it. And the priest, are you listening, was not allowed to go behind that veil. But I'm sure that he was tempted at some point. The veil, listen, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The veil was a wall that said, danger, do not enter. This way, not open. That's what the veil spoke of. Now, once a year, get this, on the day of atonement, on the day of Yom Kippur, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies after a sacrifice was made for his own sins. And when he came into the holy place, he came bringing blood from the sacrifice. You see, the blood was his ticket of access. He could come only with the blood. It was the blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat. But only the high priest, and that only once a year, was this done. Now listen, hopefully by now, if you've been with us, by now hopefully we are all clear that every part of the tabernacle speaks of the personality and the work of Jesus. Are we clear on that? Every part of it, even the veil of the temple, that veil speaks of Jesus. How do you know that, Rodney? Well, listen, there's no guesswork in this. There's no reading into it in this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20 clearly tell us, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us, note this, through the what? Veil that is his what? Flesh. Listen, we don't have to guess. We know clearly from Hebrews that the veil of the temple speaks of the flesh, the body of Jesus. I want you to notice something about this veil. Go ahead and look at it in verse 31 again in your Bibles. Notice the design of the veil. Of the veil. It had beautiful colors. They were blue, purple, scarlet, and white. Did you see that? These are the same colors. Were you with us last week? These are the same colors of the first layer of the curtains in the tabernacle. Remember last week we talked about that. Each of these colors, as we talked about last week, have significance. Blue is the color of heaven. 
Purple is a color of what, saints? Royalty. You know that. Scarlet is a color of what? Suffering and sacrifice. And white is a color of what? Righteousness. And we pointed out last week as it relates to these four colors, when you see the number four, you should immediately, at least I do, immediately think of the four gospels. And each of the gospels we talked about last week, they give a different picture of Jesus. Matthew gives us the picture of Jesus as king and purple best fits a king. Mark gives us a picture of Jesus as a suffering servant and scarlet is the color of a suffering servant. And then Luke gives us a picture of Jesus as a perfect man and perfection speaks of white righteousness. And John gives us a picture of Jesus as God, his heavenliness as God come down. That would be blue, his heavenliness So it's very possible, listen, that God is giving us the gospel story woven in that first layer from last week. Remember, he's also giving us the gospel story woven in the veil. Very interesting. I really believe that God wants us, listen, to be reading the gospels. We need to be in the gospels. You know, some people are eschatology majors, What's that, Rodney? That just means they like to study and major with the end times. Eschatology. They like to read the end times. And some people like the Old Testament. They like to study all of the things of the law and Leviticus and all of the sacrifices and all of the things in, 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 in those books. And that's all fine. And some people like to study the old, pro- the minor prophets and the major prophets. And all of that is good. But listen, can I encourage you? As you are studying various topics and various books, maybe you should balance that just a little bit by reading the Gospels. Because it's in the Gospels that we clearly have the life and the ministry of Jesus. And we always want to keep our minds and our hearts set on the life and the ministry of Jesus as we study eschatology, as we study the Old Testament prophets, as we study the law. We want to keep our focus on Jesus, because after all, the whole Bible speaks of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? So it's very important to stay there. Now, the veil, listen, was very beautiful and it was woven. Notice the Bible tells us in verse 31. Again, look at it. It was woven with an artistic design of cherubim. Some of your Bibles might read skillfully wrought. Artistic, skillfully wrought. Or maybe some of your Bibles read cunning work, artistic design. In other words, saints, listen, we have divine wisdom and artistry was involved in the manufacturing of the veil. We need to understand this veil did not was not birthed out of man's concepts. It was not birthed out of man's ideas. This veil was birthed out of divine involvement. God designed the veil. And as you look at the veil, you can see Jesus in that veil. As when God, the father brought God, the son into the world, that was a cunning work. Did you know that was skillfully wrought? Jesus was an artistic design, if you will, when he came in the world as a baby. Greater, no other man was greater than Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin, the Bible says, that was skillful. (laughs) Say amen, saints. He was born of a virgin that was skillful. You know anybody else born of a virgin? (laughs) No, 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, you can look it up. I'll read it to you. A body, it says, you have prepared for me. Jesus was the only man ever born without male involvement. He was born of a virgin, therefore his blood was free from defilement. Jesus was not born, as we've been talking about in Romans, Jesus was not born in Adam's family. Now, we're talking about Adam, the first man, not Adam's family, like in Morticia and Uncle Fester. (laughs) Did did y'all understand that? Okay, good. Did you want to wave at me if you did? understand. Okay, good. All right, good. Good, okay. I'm just trying to teach, that's all. And, and Jesus wasn't born in Adam's family. Jesus was born free from sin. The virgin birth. Jesus could be totally man and yet have a sin, not have a sin nature because there was no male involvement. You also want to see the two sides of the veil. Get this. One side was seen only by God, the deity, and the other side was seen by man, his humanity. Looking at Jesus. So get the scene here. What we have, saints, listen, you have this structure of the tabernacle. It's kind of rustic as you walk up and you see the door, you see the curtain that's blue and purple and scarlet and white. And there's no angels on that first curtain as you come up to the tabernacle. And then you would look to the south side and you see the lampstand. You look to the north side and you see the table of showbread. And then 30 feet deep back, are you listening? You would see the veil that separated the two compartments with angels on the veil and behind the veil was the presence of God. Interesting. This veil with angels on it. Do you know, listen, this veil we're talking about is separating the holy place from the most holy place. Are you with me? And on that veil are angels. And don't you know, listen, Angels were constantly involved in the life and the ministry of Jesus as he walked on the earth. Oh, you know the story, Christmas story. Angels announced the birth of Jesus and they brought glad tidings. Angels came to minister to him after the temptation. Angels came to minister to him in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember as the angel came down to the earth And the Bible says on resurrection morning, don't you remember? The angel came down to the earth. And when the angel hit the earth, the Bible says that the earth quaked. And that's quite an arrival. The angel comes down, the earth quaked. And he landed and the stone rolled away. And the, and, he's, and, the, and the angel said to the women, don't be afraid. As they came to find Jesus, the angel said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He is risen, as he said. Angels, Acts chapter 1, after the ascension of Jesus, the angel said to the disciple, why are you looking for Jesus? He has risen. He has ascended. And he's coming back in like manner. Acts chapter 1. Angels are all around Jesus. And we see angels all around the tabernacle. Not only were they woven on the veil of the temple, but they were also woven in this first layer of curtain that we talked about. So when you walk in, don't you understand? This is the most beautiful thing that any of us could ever even imagine. You walk into the tabernacle and you see the table of showbread and the golden candle. Stand, lampstand, and then you see the the altar of incense, and you look around and 
and you, and you, and there's angels woven into this linen fabric that's covering the tabernacle and there's different colors and it's just beautiful. And then right before your very eyes is this curtain that's separating. And, and I just kind of sort of, here's a little bit of sanctified imagination for you. I just kind of sort of believe that the Shekinah glory and the Kabod of God was so bright that it couldn't help but leak out of the corners over by the, the, the tabernacle. Somebody understand you say amen. You know what I mean? I mean, you couldn't see everything because you, you, nobody could because you'd, you'd die. The priest would die. And I, high priest, can you imagine? I sometimes when I read the Bible, I just like to try to put myself in it. What would I think? And if I was a high priest and I, once a year on the day of Yom Kippur, I got a chance to peel back, the, you know, the curtain and, and even I know I'm supposed to go in that one day, I'd probably go in pretty trepidatiously. I'd go in like, okay, God, I'm coming in. <laughs> Maybe you'll get my sunglasses. Because you're going to need them. Because the glory of God and the brightness of God is there. It's amazing. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.